0: This podcast is sponsored by Eco Physiotherapy, where their mission is to educate, empower, and rehabilitate you back to health. Without further ado, please enjoy the show. Just a quick thing before we begin today's podcast. Are unpleasant symptoms of digestion getting you down? Bloating, abdominal pain, constipation, indigestion, IBS, bowel dysfunction, SIBO, colitis. Well, We are now accepting new applications for our group physiotherapy program. To learn more, go to ecophysio.com forward slash group and submit an application and we will get in contact with you once we receive it to see if it's a good fit for our program. Just a quick note before we begin, the podcast will be taking a short break for the holiday season, so there will be no new podcast for the last two weeks of December. We will resume with brand new episodes the first Monday of January. Welcome back, everybody, to the show. So on today's episode, we're going to be talking about how movement is accessible
1: to everyone. My guest today is Rika Wilson. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited to talk about this because, you know, when we talk about movement, we talk about fitness, you know, there's a lot of ideas of preconceived notions about like what exactly that is. And perhaps today we're going to shed some light on other possibilities for movement that is accessible to everyone. So I'm excited to dive in. Let's do it. Absolutely. Well, let's start off with first, tell us a little bit about
1: you to build some context for the conversation we're going to have. Okay. Um, I have danced or I started dancing since I was very little, three years old. I traveled with my group in Europe. Um, So movement became very easily to me. It was natural to me. It was one of my places where I felt content and joy. I loved performing and, uh, it continued until I I was, I was pregnant and I had just before my first pregnancy, I had graduated from, uh, fitness college and I had studied it all and learned a lot throughout the year and a half, two years and a half. And, um, I kind of felt cheated (laughs) by the whole education, because when I got pregnant, I couldn't apply stuff that um, I took for granted from the dancing years. And I couldn't apply what I learned from my college education because my baby was giant and I'm five one and he ended up being almost 10 pounds at birth. And uh, that puts a lot of tall on um on a woman's body so my passion where I am right now and today is starts from those days when I realized movement is not necessarily accessible to everyone and we are building these fitness programs assuming people can access movement there's a leader at the front and we just go into the class and we follow along without realizing whether that movement is good for us, whether it's harming our body, what does it do for your psyche when you cannot follow the person at the front? Um, so I wanted to dive deeper into that aspect because I knew I wasn't the only one, um, recovering from very complex postpartum and physically and mentally. And, um, I wanted to change that. So I learned more about pelvic health, which I didn't learn from the college years. And then everything from that, I, I applied to myself, applied to my clients. And what was missing again is even though you follow the textbook, the body doesn't necessarily respond. And I couldn't understand what is happening. Why? Why? Can I not apply what I know into my own body and close my diesthesis and stop leaking and all the textbook you know steps I had done, and then I um, heard about Jane Clapp and I started to study trauma and nervous system regulation with her here in Toronto, and it took a while, but slowly the pieces started to click. And I started to understand what's underneath the surface, what's underneath the um, you know steps and reps and sets and all that physicalities of it of recovery. I started to realize the emotional storage that our systems hold for us, um, and um, I I started to heal for very first time, like really heal from, from the disappointment of that, you know, last few months of my first pregnancy and then postpartum, because I just thought my body was able to do quote unquote, what it's supposed to do. And um, yeah. And now I'm here. So it's been a journey. I graduated from college 2005, so it's 2021 now. So it's been a long time and uh, I wouldn't change a day because it really has brought me such a deep appreciation for movement and um, guiding and helping people to access that.
0: It's so interesting how our journeys um Bring us to certain places, and it's you know, and even like our kind of connection was, uh, you know, we we both sort of came into, you know, but the body and movement from very, you know, different paths, and and then you know, we kind of recognized we're both in the somatic, you know, somatic realm, and that brought us to you know, us connecting to realize the importance of. You know, and and I re- recognize this as well as a pelvic health physio, like, you know, I, you can do sets and reps, but if there's a lack of connection, right? If we can't connect to that body part, or if we're just like going through the motions of the exercise, like not really connecting to how it feels in the body what do we sense the movement to be like? How do we you know? And we're, we're going to yeah. dive into this as well. Like, how do we know when we're done? Yeah. You know, what are the signals that our body says? And also discovering that, you know, and, and it's been a challenge because, you know, what we apply in our learning in our educational system, you know, obviously we need to have information and background. But then when we get to the real world and then, For some people, it doesn't work like the textbook, right? And that's what springs the whole, okay, well, why is it not doing what it's supposed to be doing here? Right. And I and I began to realize like if my client is anxious and tense, right, their pelvic floor isn't gonna move. And it may not be because they're hypertone, it might be that their nervous system is in hypertone. And that if we could calm that down, then their pelvic floor would start to move better, right? And so just me targeting the tissue I and mean, being like, okay, well let's just let's just release the tissue and stretch them. But for some people that's not the that's not the driving force. The driving force is the nervous system or the emotional component of the nervous system. Like the mind body is not separate.
1: Yeah. I felt a really <clears throat> like a really felt sense of that during my first delivery and I've shared it with my clients since then was I did take epidural and when they told me to push, I didn't know where to push to. I I couldn't feel my pelvic floor. I couldn't feel my um, core muscles. So I told them to like back away. I need more time. I, I can't feel it. And they did, thankfully, listen to me and they gave me more time. And then the epidural started to wear off and I could feel like, okay, now I know where the compass is in my body, but it's hard to know where to go. Like, if I told you lift your third arm, you'd be like, "What? where's my third arm? I don't know. Like, what are you talking about? Right? So we need to know what, like, actually not just know from the textbook, we need to have a felt sense of. What is she saying to me? What is, what does she mean by that? And, uh, again, I think majority of fitness industry take, take that as a, as granted, take it for granted. And, and, um, it's a huge gap that needs to be filled and, um, re-educated. What does working out feel like what, do, what are you craving to feel from that? Is it the adrenal rush that will crash you an hour after? Is it um, you know needing to lose weight? What, what is it and what what is the goal um, how does it feel in your body? So trying to really re-educate why and and, and what that, pleasurable, joy, good feeling, because everyone said, I just want to feel good. Well, what is that? Mm. <laughs> Not a lot of people know even the answer to that. What does good feel like? Right. So, yeah, there's a lots of re-education and, uh, and reconnection prior to going into the deeper somatic somatic work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk about
0: movement and I wanted to sort of ask you like your context, like, you know, how do you look at movement? How do you define movement and how is movement for everyone?
1: Right. I see the movement word, word, word being really popular right now. So A lot of fitness people are now saying I I teach movement classes, but there's not much different from their bootcamp classes. And that's fine. I, you know, there's some words out there that are trendy and people catch on them. To me, movement is much more than what you do. It's how you do it. So re-educating your biomechanics, if they don't, serve you any longer if they serve you great let's go for it and just enjoy the flow and enjoy the effort but i don't usually get those people i get the people who've been two to five years with chronic pain so there's obviously a pattern that is not serving them anymore and we need to look into their movement pattern so the movement to me is can i walk to the washroom. Can I pick up my baby? Can I walk my dog three times a day? So movement is not jumping jacks and push-ups, although it might be, but but it starts with what is relatable to you. What do you have to accomplish in your day? And how can we work together so that it would be more enjoyable? You could engage your life more fully versus thinking oh my God, I need to walk the dog again. And it's gonna hurt this and this and this and that part of my body. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, so there's a meaning, definitely. What is the purpose of this movement? And then trying to connect that movement in the deeper levels. So I use the four diaphragms, which are... In my books, the, the arches of your feet, your pelvic floor, your breathing diaphragm, and then your palate. And when once those four are in cohesive rhythm, which is your body's rhythm, not mine, not the neighbor's, with the beat of your um, breath, a lot of these biomechanical issues melt away or they come back online. So let's say there's been a lot of freeze in someone's body or um, very high charge due to their work situation, whatever the life circumstances are. When we start to revive these four diaphragms, it it just gets their um, accessibility back online. They can now feel their feet on the ground and it sounds so simple yet. And it is, and it's also very fundamental to actually use the arches of your feet versus walking like you have boots on. Um, and it will be also felt in your pelvic floor muscles once the arches are and and mobile, responsive. And also the breath diaphragm we live in such a high charge society right now. We've all survived the past, is it 20 months? I lost counts, but I don't know. Something like something like that. And it
0: feels like it's still like it's going going. It's still an ongoing, you know, situation.
1: Absolutely. So, you know. so there is this heightened inhale in our system constantly. And instead of trying to make our breath work, you know again it's such a trendy word out there um but work for us we need to start to focus on exhaling how how can we let our system just just sigh it out versus keep taking more and more and more and more breaths in because we're already in that chase so that's what somatic experiencing has really helped me to dive deeper into the understanding of how much wiring we need to rewire because it's, it's written all of our systems, right? And then the palate, uh, jaw tension, chronic headaches, night grinding, all of that, if you go deep into the tissue, into your foundation, can be really traced that the diaphragm is not flowing as it should be, as it can be. And it can become from way back down when you were nursed or not nursed bottle fed and and nursing, um, pallets, they work fairly differently. So, so that's what movement is to me. It's, it is a lot more complex than just let's change the workout into movement word. (laughs) Um, and, uh, I believe that it's our right to enjoy our movement. It's, it's one of the fundamental principles that we live with, whether it hurts or not, we're, we're still have to move to function in the basic things in our life. And, and um, like, it's, it's such a deep wiring in me to help people to access that and, and feel even if it's 1% more ease mm-hmm. in their daily movements.
0: Like, as you're talking, all I kind of, the thought or the image that is like coming from my mind is like wanting to ask the person the question, like, where do you feel the movement wants to initiate from? Like, even just that question, can you sense where that movement wants to come from? Because that has a, you know, that has a feel, that has a feeling to it.
1: It has the feeling to it. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. I use often let the movement do you instead of you doing the movement. Mm. And that kind of goes the same alignment with, with yours because we come and try to interrupt what the body wants to do oftentimes, right? Oh, and and some,
0: oh, no, 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 no. We don't have time for hunger right now.
1: No, no, no. Right right exactly oh or do you need to go pee oh no we have four more exercises to do no 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 time to go for a pee for god's sakes let, let's go for a pee you know like it's it's going to feel much better during those last four exercises if your bladder is empty so again very basic needs but we overwrite them constantly right so letting the movement do you versus you trying to control the movement somehow um can peel some of those layers what is actually behind that the movement has not been accessible for x period of times
0: yeah it's it's such a different way to think about it and and I think that's just like the beauty of you know somatic experiencing and coming into that work is is the reconnection the asking the deeper question right to really dig deeper into that felt sense and 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 it's like it's morphing the way that I do movement in my own practice it's morphing the way that I do movement with my clients where I'm asking you know it's like yeah sure we can get into you know pelvic floor exercise but why don't we just sit down on a ball and see if you can even sense where the floor is? Right? Yeah. And and I wouldn't have necessarily had I wouldn't have necessarily started there or done that prior to somatic work, but you know, the more and more I kind of think about it is, you know, not everybody has access to these parts of their body and so how are you going to you know, how are we going to
1: optimize the movement and get movement in there if we don't even know where it is, right? 100%. And the felt sense is such a powerful understanding and practice that we need to keep practicing all the time, because we override it constantly, your body is screaming, no, you know, but yet you see that you should be doing it anyway, you should be in quotes. um, And you just push through it. And then you feel worse after. Um, Or I have a client who um, was sexually abused and she kept going to gym and training with a trainer and who had not asked about her, her history. And she froze with each squat that she was asked to do. And the, you know, she's saying, I can't feel my legs. I can't hold myself up. I feel dizzy. And the trainer was like, well, let's load you up more. Maybe it's not enough weight on you and uh, kept doing it that way. And without any results. And then when she came to me, um, we started to again, peel the layers. And it, as it turns out, she was sexually abused in that position. So of course, it makes sense that her body is screaming, this is not safe for me to do. But yet we override it and we're encouraged to override it by people in, you know, in our industry that, um, you know, fair enough, don't understand necessarily about what, how deep trauma can go. Um, But it can be re-traumatizing if we don't understand or at least to say pause. What is she saying? She's saying she cannot feel her legs that there must be something else going on than just let's keep adding more weight to it, Mm -hmm. right? So the felt is, is, it's like alarm in our systems that is just a guiding force. And um, I wish we could just scream it out loud more so that people could maybe slow down. If they're not gonna completely understand and hear it, maybe they start slowing down and uh, taking more note what the body is talking mm.
0: so my curious brain is like so what, what like how would you appro- like how did you or are you approaching that per se just as mm. a, a to complete the example right so if yeah. that's kind of an example of you know why we need to be aware and you know uh Uh, cognizant of that so what would be the alternative approach or what would the alternative approach actually look like for those who may be like for people who resonate with well I can't feel certain parts of my body or I'm not not sure how to do this movement because I can't connect you know what would you do
1: um well I listen I listen much more than I talk with with my clients if someone is saying that they're getting a freeze response or, you know, fight or flight respond, um, I listen and we pause and we slow it down. And with this particular client, um, she, I, I, I saw she was trying to just please to me to do it. So she was fawning and, uh, and I, I just said, okay, let's let's say stop now. Your body is visually getting reaction to what you're trying to do. Can you describe what's happening? Not why is it happening? Because many of us we don't understand why things happen. It just happens. It's not logical. It's in our body. Our rational mind cannot explain why things are happening when we are in alert situation right so that's how we started to started the process right and it's ongoing and maybe will be for a long time but she started to slowly explain what is happening my heart rate is really high okay you know and then my legs are numb okay, can you touch them? Can you put your own hand on your thigh? Can you feel the imprint of your hand? Can you push a little more? Can you feel if your hand is changing in its temperature or if your leg is responding to it? Um, And, and, you know, so that's the kind of way I talked and coached her um, back to more sustainable state from her discomfort. So, um, but, you know, again, I understand this is not what, you know, trainers and instructors, that's not their scope of field, but we need to learn to understand, to listen, and, and look for signs when the regular program and the reps and sets are not working for our clients. There might be something underneath that that you can't be really re-traumatizing them if you keep pushing them for more and more and more and more, right? Hmm. and it is hard i mean yeah this is hard this is not simple stuff and this is you know working somatically is not do these a b and c steps and you're going to get to your next step and that's the achievement it's just learning how the body is responding from day to day and it's simple yet it's very difficult it's really hard for people to accept that their body may not want to do what their you know to-do list tells them to do (laughs) right and then when do you listen and when do you stop and when do you go ahead right
0: we don't recognize the intelligence that the body has right because you know we're we're sort of brought to be very rational and cognitive and thinking. And I mean, guilty over here, like super 100%. You know, scientific and up in my head kind of, you know, person. And, you know, it's it's been completely revolutionizing just my life to like start to listen and gain a felt sense, right? Like for me, it was just, feeling things and, you know, thinking that there's something wrong with me that I can't get my brain and my body to do what I want it to do. And so I was like, there's got to be a better way than just to like, try to think my
1: way through this. Cause it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't with working, working. Right. Well, that's the whole thing. And, and I love if you do coach through somatics is that the opportunity to rewrite what couldn't happen, right? And you can use movement so beautifully as the tool to let your body rewrite what it could not do. If it needed to jump, let's practice to jump now, right? Or if it needed to lay down and rest, but you did not have a chance, you just had to keep going, going, going. Let's relearn the tool of resting because. You know, I recognized myself last summer. I had to take two months off from work, which I had never done before, just completely exhausted. It was immediate acting on of COVID, like needing to survive the business that I had built. And it took a good year and a couple months for me to realize it's not sustainable. I have to reevaluate what I can handle so that I can be there for others uh, and hold space for them so yes it 100% guilty over here too and I think we all have and the point is not to thrive for perfect right like there's also such a perfectionist and idealism around us right like coaches and instructors and trainers are these health gurus and And, and they do everything so perfectly and they never miss a workout for God's sakes. If they, you know, of course we do. And I hope we do. I hope we can learn from that, that it's just humane to not want to practice one day. I have several of those, right? Like my body wants to practice me just slowing down today. It really needs to learn how to have a nap because when the mind and the body just feels that rush and adrenaline hits all the time it needs to practice to kind of stop too which can be really hard for many of us
0: hundred percent and and i absolutely agree there's you know in this you know type of work and type of life there is no perfection right um And, you know, again, just like you, gratitude to coming into this somatic work because I also had to take time off during this COVID time. I was just pushing so hard to keep the business going till I gave myself active gastritis. And I was still working through it for two months, showing up for patients with like severe stomach pain. And then I said, okay, well, I have to decide what's the route that I'm going to go to heal this. Am I going to go the conventional antibiotic route? Am I going to go the natural route? Either way, I said to myself, if I'm going to go, it doesn't matter which route I decide. If I don't slow down, neither of the approaches are going to be successful. I opted for the natural route because I had already been in somatics and I understood that this gastritis was not just the culprit of a bacteria. Yes. I have a bacteria in my body, but it's been there my entire life and has been totally quiet and inactive. And what just like all of a sudden it's, it's a problematic, uh, bacteria that I need to annihilate from my body. And I was like, I don't know that that is the best way to support myself in this particular case. Right. Once I had gone through all the diagnostics to rule out anything serious, I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. This is totally a mind body thing. So I, I went the natural route and I used all the principles of body intelligence, as well as everything I know about pain and inflammation management as a physiotherapist, as a pelvic health physio, you know, I'm trained in bowel dysfunction. And I you know, I was like, I know how to support my digestive system, like through its healing process. And so I slowed down, I started listening very closely to what my body was asking of me. And as soon as I did that, like I'm pretty sure I've shocked my own naturopath on how quickly the supplement strategy worked because I was doing all of the somatic practices. I was being very aware to regulate and I'm also human. I come back to work and the demands are there. And then you slowly start to ignore them again. Mm -hmm. But this time I'm not ignoring the sensations Mm -hmm. or the body messages for long enough that it's going to turn into something. Right. Yeah.
1: And, and also like we were all hit with such a unknown territory that I felt like I'm really running and, full-on speed for our livelihood, for, for my family, for my, you know, like I, I didn't have a chance to slow down. And that is normal respond to alert situation, right? When in case of fire, you don't wobble around, right? Like it is the quote unquote right situation to try to run the, you know, get out. and also realizing how long do you have steam to run which i'm learning right where is my capacity i need to push today okay can i take tomorrow to recoup from that Mm -hmm. then so balance to me does not look the same each day balance feels balance in me again it goes into the felt sense so um absolutely it's completely practice all the time um
0: it's 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 not a destination right it's not a
1: destination and it also makes this like i don't know exciting and um it's never the same day because everybody is so different everybody's respond to that alert is so different and which makes it so interesting and I love the complexities of human bodies that um, it just keeps me really engaged um, with my work.
0: 100%. Yeah. I I mean, there's just such a richness that is available to all of us it, with movement that because we tend to do things really quickly, Mm -hmm. right? We don't think of exercise as being as effective in a slower pace because it's like, well, can I get a sweat? Will I get a sweat? Like, am I going to get the cardiovascular, you know, Mm -hmm. benefits of this exercise if I move at a slower pace? Mm
1: -hmm. And I think there's a place for both. 100%. 100%. And I, I call that body tuning, so that you are with your body the whole time. Like I do interval training with my with my um, clients, and it may look very different than what regular interval training is, because I won't set the timer for you. You are setting the timer inside of yourself, knowing when is the time to swing the other way and when is it time to go back again? Right. Um, it's such a practical too to practice because you can use it anytime. Right. Am I too tired today? Like, do I, should I keep going or does my body actually need a rest or, you know, should I keep pinch watching Netflix or is it time to actually go to bed? <laughs> you know, um, so it, it's so simple, but it's such a practical um, tool that um, I'm I'm teaching my kids, and it's you know I have from thirteen to seven, three kids between them, and um, they are it it makes sense to them. They're like, oh, okay, I get it, and I, I guess somewhere in between them and now we just kind of. So A lost
0: art of
1: like, it, yeah, and we maybe overcomplicate it. I don't know. Um, we overanalyze, we try to chase the why versus what, and uh, it doesn't need to necessarily be about the why and the story. What brings us to present? What brings us to the curiosity that kids already have in them? Um, versus just trying to keep that story dwelling and why me and you know so Mm -hmm. yeah presence
0: right presence is there's a lost art to it
1: 100
0: i want to talk a little bit about because you get creative with your movements you use lots of imagery and like household items like rice bags and boxes and socks and you know can you talk a little bit about you know the creative aspect to your movement practices
1: yeah well it all comes from that accessibility so I understand that not everyone have the ability to have a studio in their homes and you know most of my clients do their sessions in their bedrooms just roll out the yoga mat and that's where we are so it has to be relatable because if it's too complex who's going to keep up with that nobody so rice bag comes from um like there's a bean bags or filled sand bags that we use to find and have a sense of boundaries where my physical body starts where does it end they are used in like as a hand weight or lifting weight as well for any kind of movement but like um we use squishy balls under our feet but you know a lot of people actually today have like stress balls but um back in the olden days before <laughs> 20 months hit uh we rolled up socks uh, under our feet so like i, I, I and instead of yoga you know blocks you can use stack of books or so so anything that can make that movement accessible to you so that it becomes your life practice it's not just an hour with me per week um, if you brush your teeth once a week I don't think it's going to be that successful um, but if it becomes something that you look forward to and you don't need to do much then just you know, get up and, and start from somewhere. I think it, it brings a lot more presence into the practice versus chasing the next thing that is out there. And then when you kind of shop for that, then you kind of find it dusting on your shelves and, Right so in that way too it's it's just a basic principle that how how can how can i help this person to access the body how can i help them to access the movement and props are helpful because they are concrete and they can really help to uh revive that movement within um within deep accessory muscles versus the big muscles um but yeah we play with tomato cans and um honestly anything that that can help them stay present
0: yeah and I imagine also you know there's movement that can be done on a chair if you can't get down right you can't stand you know maybe you can't do it standing okay let's do it yeah So I
1: have, yeah, for sure. For my training. Um, so I'm off, I have two group classes right now, more, one, more specifically somatics and one for training and in the training I have, I think oldest client is 78 and youngest in, in her thirties. So the 78 body has lived a different life than the 35 year old body. Right. So, um, yet i want them both to feel the experience of movement i still want both of them to feel oh my goodness i i feel more vital in my body i feel more present in my body i feel i can access the stairs now i can access whatever comes after this class more more fully so it it truly i welcome everyone in the class it doesn't matter um what the story it can has been, um, we can still make that movement, whether it's on a chair or you stay in your bed, oh my God, all those early postpartum months that I spent laying in bed, just nursing and 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 revitalizing the body because I couldn't move easily. So that's all I got. But you can do a lot in bed, <laughs> you know. Um, and, uh, it doesn't need to be big in order to have a big impact, right? Indeed, absolutely.
0: You mentioned two kind of programs and so you mentioned like a training and a somatic. Can you speak a little bit to both of those programs like what do they look like and perhaps like what do they yeah. entail? What can do? People- sure.
1: Um so somatic journey um back to you is a 6 week a beta uh, group that I had for this fall. We're just wrapping up our final session tomorrow. Uh, I wanted to offer something completely different to my clients, and some of them have been with me for fifteen years. so they are my true believers and I forever i am so grateful for them for supporting me. So I wanted to bring more depth um into them and understanding what am I looking for when we are doing our sessions together. And um, it's much more slowing down than the training is. So it's not necessarily about movement, yet we have used weights and we've used rice bags. We've used squishy balls, the same stuff as we use in the training class. But how can you let the weight absorb into you versus holding on to it with your knuckles. Do you know what I mean? And and as you allow that weight to kind of anchor into you, ground into you, what comes from that? What what else do you notice? How is the rest of your body experiencing that melting sensation? And then teaching about nervous system and, and basic, I, I don't like the word regulation because it just sounds so I don't know something, but but just just understanding um, the variety of normal responses that we all have throughout the day, and how can we come back to ourselves when and if we do lose ourselves as a mom, as a CEO, as a partner, as a person, as a woman, as a daughter, as a you know all the hats that we wear. How do we know what is ours and what's not ours to keep? And uh, that's a lot. We are finishing with grounded, embodied grounding. This week, last week, we talked about consent, embodied consent. That's a huge. Um, we talked about pelvic four in many different classes, breath work, um, and then revive training it kind of goes back into my roots of personal trainer but it's a lot more somatic training as as a regular personal training class would go some people sweat some people join to pause depending what they are used to and um learning to break down some of the biomechanical patterns that might be still in their bodies, slowing them down or, and, um, it's an hour class versus 75 minutes, which is the somatic uh, journey. And within the hour, a lot of people, um, leave with more energy, just like any other training might give them as well, but also, um, Educational uh, reconnection. How to make the movement more enjoyable? Or how to make the squat more accessible? How to get off the floor uh, with less pain and and more ease and maybe enjoy it as well? Uh, we do planks. How do you do a plank with the pelvic floor and your arches and your palate supporting you, um, versus just bracing it and holding your breath. And so it's multi, uh, dimensional class as well, but it's a lot more training and movement than the other one. Mm-hmm.
0: Now you also have a couple of like classes coming up
1: in December.
0: Yes,
1: Can you talk yeah. to that? Yeah. So I'm offering uh, free classes because I feel it's really important to give people a chance to have that felt sense because oftentimes we sign up for the next, you know, New Year's revolution and we don't, we lose the, the interest within couple of sessions, so I want them to experience it before they purchase something from me. That's very important. I I as a as a coach, I want people to access my work uh, before they can before they commit to it. Um, They're an hour of each, and I give live personal cueing as we move. So I don't actually do any movements. Um, during my training sessions because I want to strongly move away from this is how you move and look at me and mimic me so I use verbal cueing and as I watch you move I'll give you some specific cueing that might make the movement more accessible to you um yeah it's uh, should I give you dates
0: yeah well Um, absolutely yeah
1: yeah so December 28th and 30th those are the two dates that um we'll be will be doing the training revive training class
0: and what time starts
1: the first week um in january so the demo classes on tuesday 28 are, is nine o'clock eastern time a.m a.m and the 30th is 7 a.m eastern time and
0: there's 60 minutes
1: they are fifty five minutes. Fifty minutes. And, okay. and they're virtual. They're yeah, they're yeah. virtual. Yeah, okay. yeah. Just and just the term starts um, the first Saturday, Saturday of January twenty twenty two, and uh, yeah, I really love it. I mean, it, it brings me back in my olden days of uh, you know training and and moving, yet with the very different lens. Since working in this field for over two decades that um, the journey that the body lives through uh, sh- should or doesn't have to slow us down. Um, maybe the movement looks different, but it doesn't mean that we don't deserve to enjoy it and, and access the pleasure that movement, movement can hold in it. 100%. Where can
0: people access more information about your? I mean, obviously, if they want to test out the class, um, if they yeah.
1: want to hear about your programs, like, where can people find you? Follow you? Yeah. So I'm on Instagram, and it's revivebody.com or at revivebody on Instagram. My um, website is revivebody.com, and it's it's spelled. You know, R I I, V I V E B O D Y, revive body. So it's just playing with my origin. I'm from Finland, and we throw double letters, so the spelling is is according to that.
0: And, and uh, for anybody who's like, "What? I didn't have time to write it down. I'm driving." Don't worry; all the links will be in the show notes for you to just
1: throw a double eye there.
0: <laughs> yeah, amazing. Well, we'll we'll definitely put the links in the show notes in the in the podcast description for those that would like to uh, learn more and connect. You can go there, and all the details will be there
1: all the details will be there. Yeah. And I also have a free um, revive in five video for free from my website, which is through these five movements, you kind of come back to yourself somatically and uh, you can take the 10 minutes any day of the day anywhere, just to kind of reconnect and revive yourself.
0: Amazing. That is so wonderful. I've had a really enjoyable time talking about this, and you know, it'll be interesting. Like, I'm really interested to see how things change and morph as our trainings go deeper and deeper into the somatic work, and we learn new techniques and new ways of essentially coming home. Like, really, yeah. that's that's what we're talking about here is like coming home back to our bodies.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And 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 movement, it's such an integrative part of it, of it right? Um, because we use it all the time, right? We sit down, we stand up, that's a movement. So why not use that as a tool to um, move that throughout the day? So yeah, no, I, I thank you so much for having me. And it was a pleasure talking to you.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. And of course, you know, always thanking our listeners for joining in on us. And you never know what What's going to come next week? That we always have uh, new topics and new discussions with the premise of you know helping people see that there's so much opportunity and possibility for living a better life. And so, if that resonates with you, you know, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you stay you know up to date with the various topics that we cover and you know sharing out this podcast because again. You know, it's not like people are going to necessarily vocalize that they're having difficulty with movement or wish they could move better or, you know, wish that they could, you know, exercise, but for various reasons, maybe, you know, can't access it or, you know, other things like you never know how you can help somebody just by, you know, sharing out a message. So if it speaks to you, you know, share out the podcast episode subscribe and we'll connect with everybody on the next episode. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to living a better life podcast. Make sure to subscribe to our show to stay up to date with our latest and greatest episodes. We would also love to hear your comments, suggestions, and reviews. Thanks again until the next episode. Bye for now.